Welcome to Wake Up With KC, where you can discover new concepts and perspectives and transform your life to become the best version of you and live your best life now. Every Monday, you can reach out to me at Awaken2BU on Instagram. Good morning, good morning. It is, whoo, what a experience. Um, I'm now back in the studio. I'm so excited. I feel so much better now, but it was hard having to quarantine and isolate myself and, and test came back negative. So yes, back to some kind of new normalcy and being back in the studio was a great way to start my Monday. And oh my gosh, I did take some time to read. I got even more books and oh my God, it's amazing. I got Women, Crime, and Punishment in Ancient Law and Society. And I also got How God, Yahweh, Ordered His Chosen People to Kidnap, Rape, and Slaughter Women in the Bible. Okay? And it's fascinating that how I'm gathering all this information, studying, doing the research and whatnot and the similarities and to come to realize that, you know, in writing history, it's not simple, you know, collection of data about subject and the placement of that data into a book. It's now they call it history historiography. There you go. And it involves a selection of translations and presentations and interpretations of the data and the underlining uh, assumptions and reasons used in each process. And in the past, historians were men and many equated humanists with maleness and ignored the existence of women, presenting them, if at all, an appendant of the periphery of the real world of men. Really? They assumed that acts and roles of men were the norm and those of women were deviation from the norm. Hmm. But if you look at history, there were some women that were wrote about and the enormous amount of information that has been published about the history of men and their public roles and achievements. Unfortunately, such works have been distorted in, in the history that they intended to communicate. Now, and I'm just, like blown away about realizing and discovering you know pieces of history like I I've said before history does leave clues just like success leaves clues and if we've been under this belief and program of the misconceptions of who we are and that there were these gods and then turn it into just one god then that's not necessarily true and you have to understand about when we were created as primitive workers from the Anunnaki pantheon and then they became gods I mean come on think about it way back then 450,000 years ago hello you know and then how everything started changing and evolving and then there there was a civilization created then there was society and then there was governing the people through politics and then there was religion it all started being created and put together to what govern the people and then for control manipulation greed and power and those back then hello history keeps repeating itself I keep telling you all that but you got to understand where it all came from and then here's a, a news flash for you we we 
the people really truly have the power to make the difference. We don't have to go by repeating history over and over and over again. We can take this knowledge, this these pieces of history, the Q&A forms, understand them, interpreted them, studied them of how civilization began and how it got corrupted, distorted, and then the lies and deception of who we are, where we're from and whatnot, then we can change for the better for the future generations and make an impact on our planet that we live on. I mean, it's just fascinating of all this information of pieces of history. I love history more now than ever before. And it's so funny because I have to share this with you. I I mentioned about surprises from my boyfriend when he get got home and he goes away for a month and he's able to come back for a week and we had it, you know, the unexpected experience of having to quarantine and and whatnot. But I created some, I got some costumes <laughs> and I dressed up one outfit. I dressed up as Nancy Drew, you know, because my podcast, I was like, and I sort of mentioned it to him, but I, I guess he wasn't paying attention. <laughs> And so I got my little, and it was a sexy kind of Nancy Drew outfit. I'll just, you know, give you somewhat of an idea. Because I love dressing up. So I, I, you know, doing what I'm doing and what I love doing, you know, becoming a Nancy Drew, finding the mysteries and the clues of history to, you know, um, wake up to, you know, the truth. And then I have, I got an outfit like a sexy scientist. You know, I got the lab coat and you know, little, you know, undergarments to, you know, and like glasses and I had my hair up and high heels and whatnot. So he got a chuckle out of that. (laughs) And I love doing that. He loves that I do that too. So it was finally I could have worn the outfits. I was like, it was torture because I had all this stuff planned and whatnot. So it was, it was exciting after we got through the, you know, quarantining five days and waiting for the test. It was such a relief. But anyhow, um, just had to share that with you the things that I do and I encourage you be spontaneous you know I love dressing up so I'll get some costumes and some outfits and I put it together and to surprise my man you know I love doing that that's my love language kind of thing so anyhow de hootie back to this history and this one book before I get to Ambarambi and whatnot this this woman has done her research it's by the author what is her name oh and it's about the ancient near east where everything started okay elizabeth Muir tetlow she has done her research as well and she talks about some of this stuff i'm like oh wow this is even more <laughs> but um she talks about the enormous amounts of information that has been published like I said it through the history of men and their public roles and achievements and it's the authentic historic historiography <laughs> trying to get that out communicates truth in so far as it is grounded in the reality of the past which must include the history of women as well as that of men and I find this fascinating because the we have to recognize that women are part of our history. They took part in creating things as well, but they, some of them did not even get recognized for it. And 
it, the fact that women continued approximately half the population in every civilization. You have to understand in certain parts of Mesopotamia, um, Babylon, and all these places, a civilization was created. And with civilization creates society. And then, you know, and then on and on. So in that, you know, history doesn't take the lives of women into account and it cannot be act accurate or complete and with the feminist method that expands the sources of history by the discovery and collection of new data that contain information about women and it expands the tools of history to include contributions from other disciplines and it's you know disciplines from such as archaeology art history anthropology sociology political econ economy law and religious studies so it's it, it's 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 connecting the dots putting the pieces of the puzzle of history together so we can understand what it was really like and discern truth from the lie of what we've been taught to believe so i mean the purpose of, of what she created in this book was to reconstruct history to include include all dimensions of the lives of women and men and it's locating data on uh, the axis of time and place to establish the basic coordinates of the context a historian must then study all aspects of the civilization of that time and place its laws its culture language literacy religion social classes economic classes and professions and how they shape the lives of women and men of that time and place see where i'm going with this I mean, it's all going to make sense. And, you know, we've the you have to also understand and examine the categories that situated the individuals with the context context of that civilization. Put yourself back in those times. Woo! I'm glad I'm not. I probably was in a past life in those times. Well, I don't remember. So that might be a good thing. However, speaking of that, what if deep down because the soul never dies spirit never dies you have a soul the soul keeps living you know your soul is in this temporary shell called a human being and i keep saying we're spiritual beings sexual beings inside of a human being one if we were back in those times and there are certain emotional energetic traumas things that are deeply corded in our subconscious that are blocking us from fulfilling our soul purpose because of the mental programming and those beliefs that go far back that's why I'm talking about this to help you get this it all makes sense so I can't wait to share more with you about this right after hey this is Kimberly with wake up with KC if you like what you're hearing and you're learning and you're awakening and having a self-realization and an understanding of how how we've been deceived and lied to of our origins and how we were created subscribe to my podcast and hey reach out if you have any questions and if you'd like to for me to be a guest on your podcast or, or on your show you can contact me now at wakeupwithkc at gmail.com I look forward to hearing from you and answering some of your questions. So I hope this show helps you understand of the misconception of who we are 
and why we are here. I'm here to expose the lot that we have been taught from generation to generation and how it has affected us and we're still haven't seen the light until now. Welcome back to Wake Up With KC, the place to awaken and be the best new you so you can live your best life now. Okay, we're back. Back to Amber, Amber on B. <laughs> oh, these words, I swear, these names of these people. But, however, with Amber Ombi, he created more codes than any of the other ones based on the civilization back then. And it's fascinating to me that he had family code and laws, personal injury laws. I mean, if a son strikes his father, they shall cut off his hand. Wow, that's harsh. If the wife of a man is caught lying with another man, they should bind them and throw them into the river, the water. If the husband of the woman wishes to spare his wife, then the king shall spare his servant. I mean, if a man has ravished another betrothed wife now betrothed to me from my understanding is she's already arranged to be married to somebody else and she's a virgin while still living in her father's house and has been caught in the act that man shall be put to death the woman shall go free hmm. um and then back in those times the woman now i know there was a time where a woman can ask for a divorce i don't know what period that was but in hammerombies law if the man wishes to divorce his wife and has not borne him children now this is something he shall give her money to the amount of her marriage price and he shall make good to her the dowry which she brought from her father's house and then he may divorce her wow this is if a man has accused his wife but she was not been caught lying with another man she shall take an oath in the name of god and return to her house I do believe I mentioned that before. But I mean, wow. I mean, if a man's wife, for the sake of another, has caused her husband to be killed, that woman shall be impaled. I mean, the laws that they thought of. Holy crap. If a man has committed incest with his daughter, that man shall be banished from the city. Not killed? I mean, really? Hmm. Wow, men got away with a lot back in those times. Let me tell you. Oh my gosh. It, it, it's just, oh, if he knocks out a tooth of a plebeian, plebeian, he shall pay one third mina of silver. Now, the other times, it was if a, you knocked out a tooth from somebody, then that person can knock out your tooth. Wow, has it changed. <laughs> if that woman die, his daughter shall be killed. What? If a man has struck a free woman with child and has caused her to miscarry, he shall pay 10 shekels for her miscarriage. Wow. If that woman die, his daughter shall be killed. Well, my question is, what if he didn't have a daughter? Would the son be killed then? I mean, come on now. If by a blow he has caused a plebeian's daughter to have a miscarriage, he shall pay five shekels. Well, apparently, plebeian. I wonder what plebeian is. Is it, you know, a certain race of people? But if the woman has died, he shall only pay one half mina of silver? Do you see some... Do you hear some discrimination here? I do. Oh my gosh. Wow. Oh, they even had physicians and malpractice laws back in those times. Wow. Okay. And it's based on, okay, if a physician operates on a man for a 
sever wound with a bronze lancet and saves the man's life, or if he opens an abscess in the eye of a man with a bronze lancet and saves a man's eye, he shall receive ten shekels of silver. Hmm. If he is a plebeian, he shall receive only five shekels. Hmm. If he's a slave, the owner shall pay two shekels. Wow. If a physician operates on a man for a severe wound with a bronze lancet and causes the man's death or destroys the man's eye, they shall cut off his hand. Wow, that is harsh. If a physician operates on a slave for a severe wound and causes his death, he shall restore a slave of equal value. Hmm. Oh, did you know they had building codes back then too? Huh. If a builder builds a house for a man and does not make its construction sound and the house which he has built collapses and causes the death of the owner of the house, the builder shall be put to death. Wow. <laughs> this is... <laughs> wow. If Oh, and then they got property and wage regulations too. They had wages back then. Huh. If a man has hired an ox... Oh, and they use oxes and asses and a lion. Uh... Oh, wait, if a man has hired an ox or an ass and a lion has killed it in the open field, the loss falls on the owner. Hmm. Wow. I mean, they paid in grains, oil, animals. It was like a trade, you know, kind of thing. Wow. It's like fascinating about all these laws. And to understand even more is that the it you got to understand about the ancient near east and how things were there is in mesopotamia babylon even you know they called them mesotopians babylonians akkadians they had different it's like different cities you know different states sort of in their civilizations they were all did did things differently and you know, they got these codes and laws and changed them from time to time. And then they adjusted it to their own agenda for their own propaganda. And you see how in the present time that it seems similar. It's just like history keeps repeating itself. And it's in order to to change things, We I feel we have to look back in the past look back in the history of you know the errors of their ways what didn't work and how can we unite together to make things work and with you know that you have to understand in those times th this is like the fourth millennium you know that's how far back this stuff goes then if you understand about prehistory and the history that occurred within the inventions of writing as well, which could express and communicate, you know, the, the events that took, pay, that took place. And by the fourth millennium BC, it, the need had risen to create writing symbols for numbers and representations of animals and other commodities for records of ownership and trade. Hmm, find this fascinating. And the symbols for the numbers and the pictographs of objects were then created. Then sounds were translated into written symbol symbols and then it then it turned then it, it turned into a combination into words, grammar. And that was developed to express relationships among words history has complex ideas and events thereby to record human events literature and, and law so the first took place in the southern 
Mesopotamia. Oh my gosh. In the late fourth millennia. So they first had to choose what to write down. Then the act of writing down an oral source did not generate an exact reproduction of it, but the, sh- the subjectivity of it, um, the, the writers interacted with the oral communication and then new genres were created as different types of oral communications, which they wrote and they documented this. So in modern history, a modern historian only had access to written documents and certain ones. Then the the passage of time, although developments in the in the ancient Near Eastern history were rarely linear, and there were often ex- exceptions to you know the what the apparent trends were. So in doc the documentary sources of these ancient Near East writings that were written in 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 many um literary genres so trying to decipher and discern you had to do your research there were simple records for business transactions and ownership and commodities and land as well as work of epic and and works of epic and myths so you know they later wrote also political military, administrative, legal, and scientific documents. Kings wrote the laws and chronicle um, chronicles of their reigns. Then the, then the religious writers, you know, wrote hymns, proverbs, incantations, and religious rituals. So I think I mentioned that before. So there's so many, and these people were scribes, and they were men. There's women that wrote things, but they didn't even consider them of value because it was a man thing. And I find that very disheartening. Like women did some spectacular things, I, I feel, in those to- in, back in those times, but they never got credit for it. So I find that very, you know, alarming and disturbing too at the same time. So we'll talk more about this right after this. Hey, this is Kimberly with Wake Up With KC. If you like what you're hearing and you're learning and you're awakening and having a self-realization and an understanding of how we've been deceived and lied to of our origins and how we were created, subscribe to my podcast. And hey, reach out if you have any questions. And if you'd like to for me to be a guest on your podcast or, or on your show, you can contact me now at wakeupwithkc at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you and answering some of your questions. So I hope this show helps you understand of the misconception of who we are and why we are here. I'm here to expose the lot that we have been taught from generation to generation and how it has affected us and we're still haven't seen the light until now. Welcome back to Wake Up With KC, the place to awaken and be the best new you so you can live your best life now. Okay, we're back. And you know what? I've been reading more about Hambarambi. And he was a king. And from my understanding, I do believe I mentioned it too before, but he got his uh, insights on how to govern uh, 
the people back in those times from, I do believe, Marduk, who I do not really like based on my understanding of what I've read. I'm trying to find it just to make sure that I got that information right. Um, I think from my understanding, Hambarambi, who was a king in 1754 BC, collected 282 laws which were accepted as fair and just by ancient Mesopotamian society. Um, the code was canonized and copied by scribes for centuries, and lawyers and judges based their court arguments on these laws and codes. The text begins by stating that the code was divinely inspired, the gods Anu, Enlil, and Marduk. There you go. I just found it. So, I, I, I questioned even these codes and laws because i mean it, this was about 3500 years after it was set in stone and 6000 miles from the city of babylon it, it's like wow the these it's almost similar to what the second con continental congress that met in philadelphia and pennsylvania the city of brotherly love in 1776 on July 4th. So I see how that, it's like history repeating itself. It's just a different time period. And the thing about this with, you know, he said, oh, you know, Anu, Enlil, and Marduk um, told him how to go about and creating these things. But my question is, okay, these are Anunnaki. These are Pantheans that were considered, you know, um, back in those times, you know, they came from the sky, so they thought they were gods. But they weren't. They were aliens. If I mean, come on. We're in modern times now. They were aliens from another planet. And then I'm like, did you guys have these same kind of laws in your codes and whatnot on, on your planet? On how your civilization was to be, you know, upheld and whatnot? So I question that. And I just, like, you know... And with these, the, with what King Hammurabi was trying to state, and the purpose of his laws was to, you know, to do justice, render just judgments, and make justice prevail in the land. And he didn't want, he wanted to abolish the evil and evildoers, and to prevent the strong from oppressing the weak. Okay, I can, I can, you know, commend that. But however, how is it equal and justice when you look at the status of women and how women were treated? I mean, he, he tried, I guess, you know, considering back in those times and what they were doing and trying to change it for the better. But what was it really changing for the better? You know, and this is how the royalty family was created they were considered the higher class then you got the you know the common uh ones that worked and they you know they were a different class and then you had the slaves and i'm like wow this reminds me of the rich the middle class and the poor hello i mean wow it, it's just and when he was reigning and in forming the his empire okay that's what those kings did they wanted to conquer and take over other lands and reign that and just expand their I, whatever it is that you want to call it expand their territory i guess that's the best way i could put it and it's i'm just like wow um 
Now, despite that there are almost 300 laws and extant texts that are almost complete, they do not, they weren't constituted as a law code. The essence of a code was its comprehensiveness. And the code articulates principles that systematically cover every area of law. And they were not consistent primarily of principles, but rather a collection of laws and legal decisions properly entitled called the Laws of Hammurabi. And he, the people of ba- Babylonia were divided um, it, with those distinct classes. And uh, I just, and, and, and it's fascinating how I look at this and read this and I'm like, wow, it's, it, it's I'm seeing history Do, don't you don't you see history repeating itself just different time periods I mean wow they had provisions on m- marriage and you know the groom like back then you know the groom had to go to the father and you know the groom the the marriage gifts were paid by grooms hello oh boy have times changed on <laughs> that aspect I mean, like, wow. I mean, oh, and they and they also had a, a they had prenuptial contracts back in those times. Wow. I mean, it marriages according to the laws of Hambarambi were monogamous, with three exceptions. When the first wife became seriously ill and was not expected to recover, when the first wife was uh, uh, nodded to priest who could not bear children and when the first wife tried to obtain a divorce by means of public scandal in these three situations the husband could take a second wife there are no situations in which a wife could take a second husband see discrimination i'm telling you oh my gosh but the laws protected wives who became sick or disabled during the marriage if a man married a woman who became seriously ill, he could marry another woman without divorcing his first wife, but he had to house and support the first wife and care for her until she died. Aw, how sweet. If the first wife chose not to remain, the husband had to restore her dowry and allow her to leave. Hmm. The pro- Okay, here, 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 here. The primary duty of a wife was just to bear children. Hmm, Really? For her husband. When the wife was unable to do this because she was a priest, the law gave the couple other options for having children so that the husband would not discard his wife. Hmm. The wife could provide a slave woman to her husband. Once a slave woman bore children, the husband cannot take a second wife. But if the wife did not provide a slave woman, the husband can marry a lower level religious, what? Functionary, function, oh my God, functionary, as a second wife to bear children and bring her into his household. But the second wife was not allowed to seek equal status with the first wife. Hmm. Hmm. Ah. Ah. Wow. The third exception was when a wife left her husband stole and then squandered his property and disparaged his reputation. Wow. Hmm. I mean, wow. I mean, there are certain aspects of I could see where... Some of these codes were nonsense. I mean, the only primary duty of a wife was to bear children for her husband. Really? Oh, my God. And the woman could be a priest. Oh, wow. You know? So, uh, 
what was the um, obligations of being a woman priest back then? What did they do? You know, I asked these questions, and it's just funny to me that some of them had good intentions, but some of these codes were ridiculous, if you think about it. I mean, what were they thinking? And then on top of that, they're, they, they got these from these aliens. And I'm just like, wow. You guys couldn't think for yourself. You had to, you know, honestly just took at these. I think these aliens were considered, like they thought man, the human beings, the earthlings that they created could be a possible threat later on because, hello, they grew. They expanded. They created several civilizations and they're like, how in the world are we going to, you know? And there was probably things going on that was, you know, downright Apparently, they had to write these codes because this stuff was going on. But come on. I'm telling you, like, it's okay for men to do certain things when it comes to having an affairs or, you know, taking another wife. But a, a, a wife couldn't, if she wasn't sexually satisfied by her husband, she couldn't go find a, a second or a um, a second man to be a slave or a, 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 a mister uh, <laughs> instead of a mistress, you know, kind of thing. But it was okay for men. I just find that downright wrong. And it, it and then the, the, the crimes against the women compared to what was going on with the men. And then the, 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 the categorizing and um, the classes of these beings, when at first we were created to be primitive workers and slaves. Hello, to get the gold for their Anunnaki pantheons. And then if you go back to some of these aliens that were females that were considered goddesses and what they, you know, helped with the men but yet then the wars that were going on between them when they were here on earth that's where the wars started they were using the human beings the earthlings instead of them fighting against each other they used the human beings to fight against each other and control manipulate and have power and dominion over them us you see how all this is like coming together connecting the dots about our history and, it, and then look at timelines of, you know, the Civil War and all these other wars. For what? Money, power, greed, control, conquering and dividing? Really? I didn't think that went down so well in, some, in a lot of the cases of how war um, was predicted and, and why war happened. I mean, it's just, wow. I, and... and you know, the, the status. And there's all these kings. Like, they got anointed. And you have to understand. Like, when these aliens, they called them gods, you know, had sex with human beings. The, the, the females did, too. Had sex with males. You know, human males. But the thing about it, if you were a female human being and these aliens had sex with you and you bore that child that is like royal blood then so you were entitled to govern and reign and become a lord or a king that's how that i i feel was established based on what i've been reading and all these freaking names and then here's my question and this is what i'm going to get to um is you you read some of these laws you could go check out your own research but i find it 
interesting that I want to look at, I think it was 300 BC, no, 3000 BC, somewhere around there. That's when Moses, and I think Moses was named another name, but became Moses. And these these aliens, what you call, you know, the Anunnaki pantheon, spoke to Moses to put these commandments or whatnot. And it's the same thing. It's almost similar, but broken down in 10 instead of 300. They sort of simplified, like simplified it and changed it. But it didn't come from the God Almighty that we were taught to believe. Check your history. It's almost alike with all these other codes and laws that I just presented to you that went from all these people that ruled. And they were ruling in Mesopotamia and you know, Babylon and, and Sumer and whatnot. Moses was born in those times too. So, uh, who decided that he was chosen? Who said that the Lord God spoke to him? It's he's not the author of what he wrote. If he, if that stuff happened, he could have wrote it himself and say, Hey, I, this is my biography, and this is what happened in my life, and this is what I experienced. Da, 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 da. See, that's the thing about this Bible and the Torah and the Quran. It, there's no authoritative source who says that that is actually true. It's just hearsay, say. You know that saying, like, he said, she said, and then there's the truth? It's the same thing here. But if you do your research and you study history, you will find the clues. Like, hey, what I was taught isn't necessarily truth because this history, piece of history, backs it up. I got more to share next Monday, so stay tuned. This is Wake Up With KC. Thank you for sharing your time with me. I hope this episode helped you. Join me every Monday and you can reach out and say hey at wakeupwithkc at gmail.com. Have an amazing week and talk to you next Monday for more amazing topics to share with you that you don't want to miss.